Salutations and Ave. Welcome to Babylon Rising, a podcast about witchcraft, sexuality, and creativity. It's your host, Jay, and I'm so glad to be back for another new episode of the show. This time, we'll be talking about another subject matter, which um, I hope you'll also be excited for the same way that I am, which is kind of we're going to be talking about visual art more in this episode. I know that in the episode introductions, I talk about this being a show about um, art and creativity and sexuality and magic. And, you know, I'm really going to earn, okay, I'm going to earn that description for this episode, for this um pod. Oh my gosh. I'm going to earn that description for this podcast, this episode, because I kind of wanted to talk about uh, enchanting work and a method of enchanting visual artworks because I think a lot of us understand the sort of inherent spiritual power of art and the process of engaging with visual art is already meant to be something that is very moving and influential to people and it is um, but I kind of want to get into a little bit the difference between the sort of art that is um, generally devotional art um, and the sort of art, the sort of magical alchemical process I want to be discussing in this episode, which is less the process of visual art as a form of magic and more the form of more the process of condensing magic into visual art um, and in doing so creating a kind of portal into other realities, into spirits and demons and their powers and influences over us. Um, it's sort of working the opposite direction if you kind of think of it. Um, like, for example, if you were to go to a Catholic church and attend service, you might see statues of Mother Mary or Jesus or stained glass windows uh, trying to depict, you know, the stations of the cross, etc., etc. Um, and that is devotional art and those are icons in their own right and have their own sort of purpose over people and our minds and souls. Whereas the kind of process of meaning making that I'm going to really be discussing is going to be um, more akin to the process of creating some kind of magical amulet or seal. If you've ever used um, a book like The Greater Key of Solomon and done some of the planetary magic in that book and the seals, sorry, the pentacles described in those books, I think that if this type of artwork is sort of on a spectrum between art that is intentionally enchanted um, or haunted in some form or fashion and devotional spiritual art, generally speaking, I think 
this process I'm going to be describing is more akin to a sort of talisman or pentacle, if that makes any sense, which it hopefully will um, even as we continue this discussion. So, which I'm very excited to share. So, personally, I will say that for as long as I have maintained a spiritual practice, visual art has been a part of it, a part of expressing my love for these spirits and for these teachings and constructing my own sort of visual language, speaking to myself, using my own sort of symbols and their own sorts of meanings, uh, which has, you know been very important to me and been a big aspect of my practice, generally speaking. Uh, there's a reason why I, I would identify as an art witch. It's because visual art is literally a form of magic that I perform in and of itself. Um, and sort of as that interest has evolved, I've sort of become more interested in haunted works of art um, or enchanted pieces of art that sort of take you to a particular ecstatic moment, which this is a type of art people have been making. I'm not saying that I have thought of this new concept. I'm just trying to figure out a way that um, makes sense to explain it in case you are slightly less familiar, um, as well as sort of leading into my process for making this sort of art and the principles I hold um, in high value when engaging with this process. Um, uh, anyways, moving on. So, <sighs> where was I? I'm a little off track. Okay, so we were discussing, um, this process, um, and sort of my personal perspective, like, the, the role this, this process has played in my life is that as my interest, um, interests have sort of evolved and I've sort of become more interested in the process of sort of intentionally enchanting a piece of art, my goals have sort of been to capture my own ecstatic experiences and be able to more easily recall them and sort of live into them again through the process of um, engaging with this art that I'm trying to make and sort of turning and condensing my ecstatic experiences into visual art and then being able to reflect on that visual art and recall and sort of be transported um, or teleported or whatever into that ecstatic moment all over again. Um, I thought this was a great idea. The possibilities are endless. I really want to pursue this way of meaning making. Um, and so I did, and I sort of made my own sort of rules as I went along that I've been able to sort of proof test, I guess. Uh, so another thing I will say is that I love visual arts generally. I like sculpting and I like painting and I like drawing and I occasionally combine multiple forms of uh, visual art and whatever visual art, if it's digital collage, if it's traditional collage, uh, if it's sculpture, if it's painting, whatever it is, that's not really important to 
that's not really the most important aspect of my practice because I'm so interested in so many different types of art and so keep that in mind as you're listening I'm not saying that if I use painting as an example you don't have to paint if I use collage as an example it could be digital collage it could be whatever right um but it's more about engaging with um these spiritual concepts along the way uh to have your completed project give off the effect that it is intended to that you intend it to um, and so getting into that process a little bit, I think we've sort of covered, um, touched our bases. Number one thing, um, to keep in mind in this practice, this isn't just a value to hold in high esteem. This is important aspect of my process, which is note taking and taking notes for the, the intention of creating this type of um, enchanted art piece is more for the benefit of, you know, I don't know about you, but I at least cannot live in prolonged states of religious ecstasy. Um, and so I need to write things down so I can sort of later recall or revisit those feelings or those moments. Um, and also so I can catalog what's going on um, to sort of add to the texture and flavor of the finished product. product. Um, maybe this is something I mentioned in plenty of episodes of the show. But the fact of the matter is that I had to be told several, several, many, several times that taking notes about your spiritual practice was beneficial before it actually sunk in for me. Um, and so if you're out there listening and you're like wondering how you can advance your spiritual practice and you are not taking notes about your practice and your experiences, that is like the fastest way to level up your practice. I, that was like one of the big changes I made a couple of couple of years ago it's been almost five years ago now i'm getting older thankfully i hope to live a long life um anyways so what i'm trying to say is i'm going to mention it as many times as i can please take notes for whatever type of spiritual endeavors you may be embarking on note taking is only going to enhance that i mean for the most part you know presumably (laughs) I don't know if there are other kinds of like, you know, I'm sure there are other kinds of spiritual practices that note-taking would be sort of antithetical, but you know, at the very least in the process I'm describing, note-taking is going to be very important. Writing down conversations you're having with demons or spirits or gods or aliens, etc. Um, writing these things down, writing your conversations down, writing down where they took you, what they looked at like, and what they said to you, and you know, what they wanted you to do, and etc, etc very important um i think another thing to consider um we're moving on a little bit is your own spiritual gifts because you know we all are good at certain other things maybe some of us are very good at divination um or clear audience or automatic writing whatever it is um rely on those skills to help you communicate with these spirits to bring this talisman to life because that's the point you know i make devotional art for very specific reasons to to 
do the practice of devoting myself to these demons and these spirits that I work with. Um, and for me, devotional art is more about the practice than it is whatever gets made at the end. Whatever gets made at the end is sort of, you know, evoking that practice that I did. Whereas with this practice, even though there's a lot of intersection, of course, these things can 100% be devotional artworks. Um, you also want to have a sort of living spiritual element. You sort of want to have the piece to have its own bit of soul or whatever. Um, it sort of is meant to take on a very distinctive spiritual life of its own, um, whether it is meant to be a portal into some other aspect of reality that aids in a scrying practice, or if it is meant to be a sort of doorway that allows you more easy communication with a certain spirit or ghost or demon, etc. Very interesting stuff. Now, I think the, the next aspect of this practice for me that I'd like to touch on is inspiration in these spirits and their teachings. And for me, that's going to be goetic demons primarily. Um, and that works for me, whatever works for you. But having an inspiration in these beings and what they have to say and what they want to teach you and just finding that just so rich and rewarding and really being driven to capture that same experience in in a work of art that is living unto itself is I think an important aspect of this practice for me um but again it's not that you, if you try out something like this, your method needs to be exactly the same as mine. It's more I'm sort of sharing um, how I go about this process to be of inspiration to you and to help motivate you to create your own kind of practice of creating these types of sort of spiritually living artworks, you know? Um, I think another important principle in this practice for me is a love of the ecstatic. For me, a big a big part of my spiritual practice is spiritual ecstasy and the experiential nature of spiritual practice and also transpersonal experiences. And my love of these things and my passion for these moments is another aspect of what propels me into creating these sorts of living haunted paintings um for me it's paintings for you it might be sculptures you know whatever else it may be um and that's sort of a differing intention than other types of spiritual tools i may make and that's another aspect of this the spiritual tools that we make are pieces of art you know a lot of magic is an art and a lot of the way we engage with art is its own kind of magic, especially if a big part of the way you might see magic is about belief and perception and affecting reality. Aren't those necessarily aspects of art, uh, the way it shifts our perspective and our reality? Of course that's the case. And these are sort of, sort of important aspects to keep in mind. The inherent 
magical power of art to change people. So do keep that in mind as well. For me, one of my big inspirations, one of my main spiritual gifts, and one of the biggest ways I communicate with, you know, my spirits, which are demons, is through dreams. Now, I would describe myself as being a very vivid dreamer. Um, It's a sort of muscle that I started building relatively young, um, and I have it very fine-tuned. My dreams are generally very vivid, and I remember them very well. Um, And I don't always want to, but I also know if I lie in this particular position, then when I wake up and roll over into this position, I will forget my dreams more easily. And sometimes I want that. I don't always want to remember my dreams. It can be very exhausting. However, I thought it was a good idea to communicate with one of the main demons in my practice that I wanted to really intensify my dreams. And I wanted to do this to serve as a way to sort of further open the channel of communication between me and demons to create this type of artwork, to create these sort of spiritually living portals and and sort of embed that into a art piece of mine. Um, and in, in this request, the, the initial response I got from my patron demon was, I don't think you want this. Um, to which my response is, no, I really, really want this. And then their response is, are you sure you really want this? It seems like this would be kind of horrible for you. It doesn't seem like, okay, I guess, sure, I will fulfill this request and it will be very difficult for you. And, you know, I thought to myself at the time, well, I want what I want. And if what I want is to have a bad time, then I'll have that. Thank you very much. And that's definitely my approach to a lot of spiritual conflicts or conflicts I have with spiritual entities. This is something that's hard for me to wrap my mind around as someone who at least partially believes that spirits are partially, at least, some aspect of our mind. It's so weird when they tell you things that you, like, wouldn't say. Like, you do these things and you secretly hope you're gonna get a particular response and you're trying to ignore that part of yourself and you think that, you'd think that if these were just you talking to yourself, if that's all they were, that they would more often than not say what you secretly want them to. But no, more often than not, they say what you genuinely didn't expect or didn't want. Um, and then it happens. Uh, and then you're like, oh shit, you know? So we had this conversation. It was like, are you sure you want this? It's going to be awful. I'm like, yes, I want this. But it, it did end up being awful. And after that, my dreams were just unavoidably intense. I felt very hypersensitive to like all the little shifts in my perspe- my perception. I felt like instead of my dreams flowing in and out and around me and affecting myself and my environment, more like 
dreams were just cascading into me and I was overflowing and I was just spilling over and making a huge mess of myself. I felt in those two weeks that my dreams were going to overwhelm me to the point that I would completely disconnect from consensus reality. Is this dramatic? It sounds dramatic now that I'm like, well again but at the time I was very afraid for myself and very delirious um and this was sort of something I was dealing with for a month because it would happen like uh every other week um I would just be overwhelmed with these horribly intense dreams and then the week after that I would just be exhausted um I would be exhausted the whole time but at least I wasn't exhausted and remembering the crazy intense dreams it was the sort of experience you have and you're like, am I losing my mind or am I doing just intense ritual magic? Which is it? Because at this point in time, it's very difficult to tell the difference. Um, thankfully, that stopped and I, I did get my wish. I had these very intense experiences and they did turn into these types of sort of living artworks I wanted to make. Um, and I think the last two principles of this practice for me sort of tie into this part of my story, which is communion and invocation. I feel like for me, this process does involve being in very intense communication with the demons I work with. Like I'm constantly communicating them with them and they're telling me you know and we're collaborating honestly on this project it's like it's like we're sharing a living space and we're coming to a agreement about well you want the couch to look like this but i want the coffee table to be right here so you know and then the types of compromises you have to make on that and oftentimes when I, when I do this type of work, spirits have like requests or they push me to making certain decisions about this project and it, it really feels like a collaboration, honestly. And that's a very fulfilling aspect of this practice. Of course, you know, you get the end product at the end, which is also very important, but also you, you have this whole experience, right, that can be very intense depending on how intense you let it get, of course. Uh, but for me, um, it was very otherworldly and disturbing, which, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. If I, if I wanted it any other way, I wouldn't work with demons, would I now? Now, really, the mo one of the most important aspects of this practice is the creation aspect. You have to make the thing, you know, you have gone through this whole process of communing with spirits and using your spiritual gifts and, you know, taking notes and reflecting on what you want, what kind of effects you want this living talisman to give off. Um, and then you make it, I mean hopefully this whole process is the process of making it, but you want to put together the final piece, of course, um, which is an obviously important aspect of this practice, the art that you get. Um, 
So this is my process for creating sort of these sort of spirit talismans in the form of my visual arts abilities. Um, and I haven't really shared what I've made with this process, um, like on Instagram or something, because I don't really want to share haunted images of haunted artwork on the internet if I am not exactly clear on what effect it would have on viewers. I just wanted to basically create a portal that took my mind straight to this demon. Um, and I did, I was successful, but I don't really know, like, you know, excuse me, I had a hiccup. Uh, not everyone, it's like not having a content warning on something, you know, someone, they want to know, like, what kind of to exp I don't want to randomly show people, like, potentially, like, haunted art pieces, you know, without their consent. So I don't, and I haven't. I mean, I did work on this as part of um, a project that I knew I would be sharing, um, but like I did mention like a bit about, I mean, I didn't give people the nitty gritty details because I didn't need to, um, but in sharing this piece, um, which it's not as if, it's not like the way it works is that you look at it and you're going to be haunted forever. Um, it's, it's a talisman, it's a spiritual symbol, so you have to give as good as you get, you know, you have to also be consuming it with that kind of intention, uh, which is lovely. It's a lovely aspect of this, so that's great. Personally, it has has a very intense effect on me because that was part of the initial intention. It was a part of my relationship with this demon. Um, so it's not as if anyone who sees it is going to be instantly haunted. It's just personal to me because it's about my personal relationship with the demon, so I don't really want to share it. Um, and I mean, I don't want to share it willy-nilly, but I did need to share it because it was part of a assignment and I submitted it for critique and that morning of the critique I was very tired and I was daydreaming and drifting off and my eyes were wandering because I have a lot of interesting things hung up on my walls that distract my attention away from boring boring lectures and I remember you know drifting off and then looking over slightly and seeing what looked like this the figure in my painting reaching half of its body and an arm out towards me to sort of snap its fingers and get my attention sort of and this was very jarring and disturbing and I did scream I shrieked and I nearly fell out of my chair very jarring experience uh, very scary at the time in the moment. Now I look back and I'm, I think it's funny. I think I get the kind of, I get why that experience happened and I get the message that I needed. I got the message I needed to get out of that experience from this spirit. And I understand why that is a response that I got. <laughs> um, another interesting experience I've had with this painting in, in a like not ritual context because I do usually have it 
um, displayed in my sacred space. Um, and recently I was tidying up a bit in my sacred space, um, and I sort of had a weird feeling come over me, and I felt compelled to move the painting. Um, it was sort of just like I was on autopilot. It just, a fog descended upon my mind. I needed to move the painting. I moved it without even thinking and sort of went back to whatever I was doing at the time, tidying up, um, journaling, drinking tea, taking pictures, like whatever. And it was only later, way after the fact, it's been like over a week now since that happened. And I've realized way after the fact, sorry, I'm a little embarrassed thinking about it because it's the kind of thing that, you know, you'd think you would notice in the moment when these things are happening to you, but you kind of don't sometimes. Sometimes weird spiritual stuff happens and then you're like, wait a second, what just happened again? Anyways, a couple of days after the fact, I realized that where the painting just so happens to be from where I spend the most time in my room, which is on my bed. I have a bed desk and everything. I have an actual desk. I just prefer to sit on the bed. So I'm often sitting here working on projects and whatever. So from where is my most occupied space in my room, it now is as if the painting is staring directly at me because of this particular position. Now my room has a little niche. Um, so it's weird. It's always weird putting up artwork in the niche because from most perspectives in the room, I can't, I, from where I am most of the time, I can't see it, like, which is kind of sad. Um, like, I don't like to leave candles burning on my altar all that often because I genuinely, I can't see them from if I was to sit on my bed. Um, but like, just the way things are arranged now, this painting is like looking directly into my fucking eyes. It's very intense. Um, and also is coinciding with some other spiritual experiences and realizations that I'm having. So that's why I haven't moved it because it seems to be a part of this larger thing I've got going on. But it's just so interesting. Um, this was a successful spiritual endeavor to me. Um, it definitely makes, definitely specifically this painting makes communication with a specific demon um, much more um, apparent. It feels like a direct doorway for the spirit into my life. Um, as you know, with COVID, I'm in my room most of the time doing classes, doing whatever I'm doing. Um, and it's just, it can be very intense. It, whenever you have spiritual experiences that bleed into your life like this, it can just be so intense because it's much different than having experiences like this in the context of ritual. So it's interesting that this painting is having this kind of effect on me, mostly outside of ritual space. Inside of ritual space, it also affects me, but um, it's just so apparent in this way. Um, sort of similar to, I mentioned earlier, if you've ever used like a pentacle, uh, a Solomonic pentacle, um, the planetary pentacles that you can find in the Greater Key of Solomon, you do all this work to activate them in ritual and then they just manifest themselves and make themselves apparent in your life. And 
Um, that kind of stuff is just always so intriguing and satisfying, honestly. Anyways, I'm so glad to have shared this episode with you and hopefully I've inspired you to try to create your own sort of portals um, out of your own artwork and hopefully you'll also be successful in your creative spiritual endeavors. But that is it for this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, do feel free to email me at babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram where I basically fucking live. Um, if you wish, my Instagram page is called venus.libitna and my email and Instagram are both linked in the episode description. So feel free to check that out if you want. If you can, please feel free to support the show by either donating a couple of dollars a month on the podcast Patreon page, that's patreon.com forward slash Babylon Rising, or instead, do leave a rating and review on iTunes because both types of support keep Babylon Rising on the net. Um, That information and more are included in the episode show notes, so again, feel free to check those out. Until next time, Ave Babylon.